Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program. I'm your host, Steve Z. Let's get started. It's the real new thing, Woca-Cola. Do you feel like you're stuck in the past? Do you feel that the new generation is leaving you behind? Are you blind to the oppression of a man? Do you have a desire to be more woke to our new changing world? If so, Woca-Cola is just for you. All the same great cola taste, no calories, and all the white guilt you can muster. Every can depicts a two-part story, so you can learn about the evil white oppressors on the back and the heroes of oppressed America on the front, and the untold stories about how those oppressed heroes never got recognized. Available in 10-ounce cans, 20-ounce bottles, and 40-ounce malt liquor-sized containers, the new Woka Cola is waiting for you at discount convenience stores, liquor stores, bottle shops, and your favorite grocery. Look for the raised fist on the front and the bowing Caucasian on the rear of every can of Woka-Cola. Drink some now, and you can be woke. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Truth Hurts program. It is the 21st day of September 2021. My name is Steve Z, and I run this little excursion known as the Truth Hurts program, identifying hypocrisy, the double standard, and the free pass given to liberal elite Democrats when a Republican doing the exact same thing would be roasted over an open fire. I read something today. Lee writes, the coyote principle. This is fun stuff. Take a listen. It's called the coyote principle, and it compares how things are done in two different states in the United States. The California versus Texas way of doing things. Once upon a time, the governor of California was jogging with his dog along a nature trail. A coyote jumps out of the woods and attacks the governor's dog and then bites the governor. The governor begins to intervene but then reflects upon the movie Bambi and realizes he should stop intervening because, after all, the coyote is only doing what coyotes naturally do. He does call animal control, and animal control sends out a $50,000 a year person and his $50,000 a year assistant in the $75,000 pickup truck that the state has obtained by taxing its people. The animal control officers capture the coyote and they bill the state $200 for testing, $200 for transport, and $500 to relocate the coyote to a different section of the state that is less populated. The governor then calls a veterinarian. The vet comes out, collects the dead dog, bills the state $200 for transportation and $200 for testing the dead animal to see if the dead animal had any diseases. Then they bill the governor, who then writes it off on his taxes. The governor goes to the hospital. He spends over $4,000 getting checked for diseases from the coyote and getting his bite wound bandaged, along with antibiotics. The running trail, upon which the governor and his dog were jogging, gets shut down for six to eight months, while the Fish and Game Department conducts a $100,000 survey to make sure the area is now free of dangerous animals. The state then spends another $35,000 studying signage that must be placed in and around the jogging trail to warn people not to molest the free animals. The governor then spends $50,000 on a coyote awareness program and it is done in five different languages to make sure the residents are all informed about the potential dangers of coyotes and how to not molest them in their natural habitat. The governor's security agent gets fired because he didn't stop the attack. 
And then the state spends another 150000 or so to hire and train a new agent with additional special training for dealing with coyotes. PETA, people eating tasty animals, oh no, people for the ethical treatment of animals, protest the coyotes' relocation and file a $5 million lawsuit against the state, which the state has to spend over $150 million over a 15-year period of time in legal fees to defend. That's just a quick synopsis of how the coyote principle works in California. Let's head on over to Texas now. A governor in Texas is out with his dog along a nature trail. The coyote jumps out, attacks the dog, bites the governor. The governor shoots the coyote with his state-issued pistol and keeps on going. The governor spent a whopping 50 cents on one single 45 caliber ACP hollow point cartridge. The buzzards eat the dead coyote. And that, my friends, is why California is broke and the great state of Texas is not broke. This principle could be applied to just about any situation when comparing liberal states to conservative states. Let's take the Wuhan China novel coronavirus, for example. Places like New York, California, Michigan, other liberal bastions of progressive social wokeism, they spent millions and millions of tax dollars trying to do studies, committees, commissions, boards, focus groups, all to tell them it's best, while there's a Republican president, to lock down the economy and make the country go into an economic tailspin. But don't worry, we'll use that economic shutdown against the Republican president. And in the election, a Democrat president will take over and we will systematically open everything back up and give the Democrat president credit for saving the economy. That's the way it was supposed to be. That's the way the Democrats had it lined out. They had it all figured out. But guess what? The Democrat president did go into office, whether legitimately or illegitimately is a discussion for another program. But the Democrat president did go into office and now here we are 245 plus days into the Biden presidency, things are open, but no one's back at their jobs because the Democrats don't have their cards together. They don't have their stuff together. They forgot to tell certain areas of their Democrat progressive wokeism that, hey, we need to stop paying people more money to stay home than to go back to work. So people stay home and they don't go back to work. And the economy can not possibly rebound because there's no employees at the businesses. No one is making the things. No one is doing the services necessary to bring the economy back. But there are portions of the Democrat Party, like the Squad, like the Bernie, like the Schiff, like the Pelosi, like the Chuckles, the Clown Schumer, who think it's perfectly okay to leave things in this downward spiral. Because they think they can still, eight plus months into this crappy administration, blame Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a multi-billionaire and he's sitting home at one of his many golf course resort residences enjoying life. The Democrats and their willing accomplices in the media think Donald Trump gets up every morning at 5 a.m. and tries to find a way to inject himself and interject himself into the political arena. You know why Donald Trump was so successful at becoming the first president of non 
party affiliation. Yes, he claims to have been a Republican, but he was a true outsider. Donald Trump spent part of his life as a liberal and part of his life as a conservative, and he ran up the middle. Yes, he put the R next to his name because he had to run across that, run against rather, that nasty Clinton woman, that nasty, nasty Clinton woman. But anyhow, bottom line is he was truly an outsider. He was not part of the Washington elite, not part of the beltway, not part of the political game that is Washington politics. Donald Trump won because he didn't have to spend a whole hell of a lot of money running. The people who hated him so much on the left gave him all the free publicity he needed, all of it, and he succeeded. And what really pisses them off and some Republicans off is the fact that during Donald Trump's presidency, our nation achieved energy independence for the first time in over 60 years. We had record in the history of history, record low minority unemployment rates, record high in the history of history, minority employment levels, meaning more black African American 13% hyphenated minorities were working under Donald Trump than ever before. You have to go all the way back to slavery days to find more Blafricans working in this country. Then they were forced to do so by the whip and by the chain. But under Donald Trump, they were encouraged to work by higher than ever wages for minorities, by higher than ever before job participation rates, by ever more inclusivity in the employment picture. There were more Blafrican American AA 13% hyphenated minorities working willingly, contributing to the tax base, willingly taking themselves off of the poverty rolls, the welfare rolls, willingly under Donald Trump's administration than in any other point in U.S. history except for the slavery days. Then they were all working and they were all getting whipped if they didn't work. I'm not trying to be a racist. I'm pointing out a fact, a statistical Bureau of Labor Statistics fact, a fact, a statistical reality from the Office of Management and Budget of the U.S. Congress. Every single measurable metric proved that during the administration of Donald Trump, the 13% A hyphenated African american minority had more people working, paying taxes, contributing to the economy and succeeding in getting themselves off the government dole, out of poverty, out of welfare than any other point in American history. Not even during the great Barack Hussein, Barry Sotero, Obama administration, eight years of that Democrat rule saw nowhere near the number of African American 13% A hyphenated minorities actually out earning a living instead of sitting home <laughs> sucking off the government titty. And now, during the gropey Joe Biden administration, better known as Obama 2.0, we are back in the toilet as it comes to minority employment, as it comes to minority unemployment, as it comes to job participation rates amongst all Americans. We are no longer energy independent. The Biden administration is begging OPEC, please, please, please increase your production and lower your prices. You're killing us here. After he shut down the Keystone Energy XL pipeline, after he shut down drilling in the federal waters and lands, the Gulf of Mexico and other places, 
after he basically told the United States, screw you, you don't get any gasoline, natural gas, or oil, or diesel. But he sure went ahead and opened up, allowed for the opening up of pipelines from Russia to Europe. Yep, he was all for that. No pipelines for us, but pipelines for everybody else. That's just fine. And it's the same with the Biden administration when it comes to the border. He refuses to shut down our southern border. And yet, he has just sent American support to a former Soviet Republic, Fuckhedistan or Shipganistan or someplace over there. I don't know. He just gave approval for a wall, a border wall and security force to be put in place to keep legitimate Afghanistan refugees, people seeking to get the hell out of there from going into Butthedistan, Raghedistan, one of those stands over there. My point being, no wall for America to keep illegal invading hundreds of thousands per month COVID-carrying criminals out of our country but he's sending United States support to Butthedistan or Fuckhedistan or whatever the hell the name of that place is over there. Tur Turkmenistan? Turkmenistan. He's sending U.S. support there to help them construct a border fence, border wall, and man that border with security to keep Afghans, who he obviously hates, out of those stands, S-T-A-N-S, but he won't protect our border. Only after the news media finally had the balls to report the thousands and thousands of Haitians, you know, from the island nation of Haiti, the other half of the island that's shared with the Dominican Republic, 15 to 20,000 Haitian refugees illegally crossed our southern border with Mexico this week and were being housed in makeshift squalid conditions under overpasses in a town in Texas. Only when the Fox News Channel and drone footage and interviews with these Haitian migrants came to light did Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas say something. Where the hell is our border czar? Camel toe cackling communist Harris. Where is communist cackling camel toe Harris? Oh, she's probably doing a ribbon cutting at some youth center somewhere in some neighborhood in some project. They sent Alejandro Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, to issue a statement saying, we don't know how these Haitian migrants got from an island nation in Haiti over to Mexico to illegally cross our border, but we're going to turn some of them away now. That means these Haitians, which are supposed to be really, really poor, destitute people, had to find passage either on a ship or on an airplane to get to Mexico and then make the trek across Mexico to illegally cross into the United States at Del Rio, Texas. Someone is paying these illegal migrant minority factions. They are taking care of them along the way, and they are shipping them wholesale into our country so that they can vote D in the upcoming election, so that they can suck off our government programs, we can't even take care of our own United States veterans properly. Our own elderly who worked and paid taxes their entire lives. Every time a Democrat wants to try and ram some new program up your ass, they threaten Social Security. They threaten 
grandma and grandpa. They threaten our war veterans, people who helped keep this country great and free for the past 240 years up until now. This is the kind of garbage that is being foisted upon the American people. And yet, somehow, some way, the media will have you believe that gropey Joe Biden, a man who cannot string two coherent sentences together with a teleprompter, much less without one, with that earbud in his ear telling him what to say, much less without one, with a notebook written in 14-point pica type, rather than without one. This man, gropey Joe Biden, supposedly legitimately won an election and they say is doing a better job than Donald Trump. And one half of this nation believes that bullshit. One half of this nation believes the lie. One half of the nation is either that ignorant, that stupid, or that blind that they cannot realize what is actually happening to these United States of America. It is being destroyed, not from the outside, but from within. Oh yes, there is some outside influence, certainly some outside influence. Tens of thousands of Haitians illegally crossing our border. That's outside influence, smuggled to the inside. Hundreds of thousands of outside influencers from Mexico, Honduras, and other places south of our border being allowed to cross virtually unfettered, unchallenged, unopposed. Come on in. We'll send you by Greyhound. We'll send you by van. We'll send you by car. We'll send you by train or plane to any city you wish to settle. Just remember, vote Democrat in the upcoming election and you get to stay here for free. Because if you ever vote R, illegal Mexican, illegal Honduran, illegal Guatemalan, illegal Haitian, illegal wherever the hell you're from, those are people, those evil Republicans will deport you and your family. That is why you must vote Democrat. That is the only reason that the Democrats are doing this. They're trying to cement themselves into power, into position from now till the end of the world. When these illegal invading migrants give you or your children or your family members, your grandmother, your uncle, COVID, because they're not even being tested at the southern border, much less vaccinated, and your relative dies, remember who killed them. It was the D. It was the Democrats and their lax policies. I can't even call them lax policies. That's, that's a lie. Their deliberate policies to allow COVID-positive, illegal, invading criminals into our country. When your Nana dies, your Pop Pop dies, your Grandma, your Grandpa, your Nina, your Meemaw, whatever the hell you call that person, or your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your cousin, your own child dies either from COVID spread by some illegal immigrant or by a gunshot wound from some illegal immigrant who doesn't want to get caught, but he's robbing that person, killing that person. Just remember, the Democrats did this to you. And today, word comes out that gropey Joe Biden is going to embarrass himself again by reaching out to the United Nations General Assembly today. He's going to be facing high stakes on the global stage as he takes his begging and pleading and stuttering and stammering and mumbling and fumbling and crumbling and tumbling and stumbling onto the podium to speak to the UN. This will be Biden's first attempt to try and speak eloquently as the President of the United States before the UN General Assembly. 
and he's going to be facing questions from allies and people who soon won't be our allies anymore if he keeps pissing everybody off on U.S. commitments abroad. Fury from France, America's oldest ally over a nuclear submarine deal with Australia. Not to mention his continued poor performance on the economy, on the coronavirus, and his lies of climate change being caused by man. He says he plans to use the speech to rally nations behind confronting common threats, like the U.S. debacle exit from Afghanistan. He's going to try and make people believe that instead of being a debacle, this was all part of his grand plan to shift from traditional military conflict to intensive U.S. diplomacy. One person familiar with this debacle of a presidency said, the speech will center on the proposition that we're closing chapter on 20 years of war, but opening a chapter of intensive diplomacy by rallying allies and partners and institutions to deal with the major challenges of our times. In other words, I screwed up so badly in Afghanistan, I'm going to now try and make people believe it was part of a grand plan to implement more diplomatic solutions. Of course, his top agenda items are climate change and the Wuhan China novel coronavirus Kung Fu Wuhan flu epidemic. In addition to delivering in-person remarks at the gathering, he will supposedly be hosting a virtual COVID summit Wednesday, in which officials say he will try to press countries and private sectors to increase commitments to vaccinate the global population. Biden, who's already pissed off the UN by saying he wants to order booster shots in the United States before some countries have even had their first dose is going to have a nice, long, arduous uphill battle. His administration is committed to sending 500 million vaccine doses to lower income countries, basically because nobody here wants to take them. He says he believes it is high time the world comes together. He wants an all hands on deck effort to end the pandemic much more rapidly if we allow this to happen than to let it go the way it's been going. He's expected to encourage nations to address economic inequality and emerging technologies and take a modern approach to counterterrorism and supposedly rally around the rules of roads on trade, whatever the hell that means. He's supposed to describe a vigorous competition with great powers, but not a new Cold War, according to a senior administration official, a thinly veiled reference to the ongoing tensions with China and Russia. Biden has pledged to reassert America on the world stage after four years of the Trump administration, but the president has entered a very rocky stretch by pissing off all of our allies and having all of our enemies laugh at him. Other countries have been wary of U.S. reliability, especially in the wake of the withdrawal from Afghanistan, which left thousands of at-risk Afghans under the country Taliban rules. More pressing, perhaps, is the public row between the U.S. and France because of a new partnership between the U.S., the U.K., and Australia by making submarines and telling France, we do not want your submarines. Little Red, the walk it back girl, Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, said Monday, the disagreements were not necessarily a sign of decline in U.S. credibility abroad. She, as always, is wrong. She claims you always have to work on your relationships with global leaders, but that Biden believes our relationships are sustaining the course of many decades, even though he screwed them all up, right? And that every step he's taken, she claims, from the moment he took office was with the intention of rebuilding alliances and rebuilding partnerships that they claim were frayed over the Trump years. Listen, folks, 
Jen Pisaki is a useless little turd. Another little dinkleberry on the Biden administration's paper trail, that's toilet paper trail, of shitty operations. There are no plans as of today for Secretary of State A. Blinken, that's Anthony Blinken, to have any one-on-one talks with his French counterparts during the U.S. General Assembly meeting, but they say the schedule is open. France is our longest ally, our longest friend, our longest partner, and they continue to be valuable allies across a range of issues. But if Biden keeps screwing up, my friends, French fries might be the only thing left of the French-American legacy. Wow, what a mess this Biden guy is, huh? What an absolute joke. And finally, the shitty LaToilette Cantrell, LaToya the Destroyer administration of the city of New Orleans, the Democrat nightmare that runs our city, has made it to the world stage. As USA reports, New Orleans garbage has not been collected for multiple weeks, so the residents threw a trash parade. New Orleans residents recovering from the aftermath of Hurricane Ida are dealing with a stinky problem. New Orleans garbage that has not been collected for weeks. Several residents told City Council Committee Friday they haven't had their garbage collected since before the storm hit on August 29th. The smell, the maggots, the juices that come out of the bags, it's just horrible. I actually drove through New Orleans yesterday and it felt like I was in a third world country. The stench has drawn countless bugs and rats got so bad in the parts of the city last week that some city residents joked on Facebook that he, that some city residents last week joked on Facebook that they should stage a garbage parade and dress in trash-themed costumes while depositing their garbage at the doors of City Hall. I don't think City Hall would mind. There are so many homeless people defecating on the streets and urinating on the streets and leaving their garbage out there anyway that I don't think City Hall would notice the difference. On Wednesday, the New Orleans Trash Parade Group emerged on Facebook with over 1,900 people expressing interest in joining by Friday night. That number has grown exponentially. The number of protesters Saturday afternoon was actually only closer to about 150, and it dwindled down to 100 as the bad weather moved in. But those who showed up did so in all sorts of creative costumes, a fly, an Oscar the Grouch with trash can, Marie Antoinette holding a sign that said, let them eat trash, witty and sarcasm after the aftermath of a disaster is a coping mechanism in New Orleans. One resident, Mr. Grant, called City Hall to apply for a parade permit. They said, is this a permit for a protest or a parade? Those are two different categories. He says, I think it's a little bit of both. Everyone there was upset to a certain degree, and we're using the opportunity to vent and make a point. After it was all said and done, only two bags of trash were actually placed at City Hall's front door symbolically. But the garbage, as of today, the 21st day of September, over three and a half weeks now since their last collection, is piling up 360 degrees in all directions. It's disgusting, it's revolting, it is sickening. Temperatures have been in the high 80s and low 90s, so imagine the smell, my friends. Last week, Mayor LaToilette Cantrell acknowledged there's no getting around it, this situation stinks, she said. But in her highfalutin neighborhood, the trash have been picked up every week on time, on schedule, because she be's the mayor, and she be getting what she want. Cantrell blames this debacle on a workforce problem. She claims before Ida hit, the sanitation department was already strapped for employees due to a worker strike and a COVID. Ida made conditions worse, according to another media outlet and an announcement from Mayor Cantrell. The city is now looking for help 
from outside contractors. Elected officials should have planned for this. Contracts and contingencies in any business should already be signed and in place. This is the ineptness of the Cantrell administration. Typical Democrat rule. They gave contracts to all of their minority buddies to run the garbage operation. And when things beat on got stanky, those people said, no, I ain't picking up no garbage. And now the city's left with piles and piles and piles of rotting, festering, maggot-infested, rat-eaten garbage. 20,000 electrical linemen showed up within two days after Ida to restore power in the city. What's the difference between those and the sanitation workers? Cops are getting help. Healthcare situations are getting help. Why don't the sanitation workers show up? All I know is I stay the hell out of New Orleans at all costs. Not only the crime, but the smell and the attitudes of those with their hands out constantly looking for something for nothing. Save your money, my friends. Even after this place rebuilds, go to Disney World. Go to Pensacola. Go to the Alamo. Don't waste your money or risk your life by coming to New Orleans, Louisiana. You do not want to lose your life in a filthy, festering pile of garbage. That is going to wrap up this morning's edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day, everybody, and we will see you next time. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program, copyright 2021, the Truth Hurts Network. Thank you.